Welcome to Life Gloss, a beauty podcast for sassy and seasoned women who have lived life and have a drawer full of lip gloss to prove it. We're your hosts, Susan Gerdeman and Hillary Clark Mina. Join us each Thursday as we discuss life and how it relates to the world of beauty inside and out. Hillary, it's beauty trivia time. Finally, something I can win at. I think you'll win at this game. Okay, who first introduced the concept of mascara? You know I love my history. The earliest record we find in Egypt. We love the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. I can go on all day. In fact, the eye makeup that they used was antimicrobial and protected them from the sun. Earliest sunglasses that we have on record. Eyeliner. That's so cool. I love that. What cosmetic company invented the first mascara? And this one is like sort of up for debate because I've heard different answers to this. I think maybe depending on which company wants to claim it. I've heard three different answers. But in your opinion, which company was the first one? Isn't history funny that way? It's kind of like who gets to tell the story gets to claim the prize. So according to record, in 1913, T.L. Williams, who was a young chemist in Philadelphia, he made mascara for his sister Mabel because she thought she was losing bows because she didn't have long, lush eyelashes. And he called it Maybelline. By 1917, it was everywhere. I love that. And, you know, having worked... um a spokesperson um, in education at one time for Revlon. I did a job with them and I do know they were the first company to put mascara in a tube. In a tube, not not in the mascara wand, but in a tube. Right. That's a whole that's a whole different debate. You know I'm a beauty historian. So uh, well, we, we have to define tube. <laughs> right. That's right. Yes. We both we both live for this stuff, the history of cosmetics and the history of makeup. And it's just so cool, right? So what's the average lifespan of a mascara? And every woman should know this, and they're not going to like this answer. Nobody likes this answer. Between three to five months, we're all guilty of yeah. you know keeping it a little bit longer because let's be, let's be really honest. When it starts to get a little stickier, tackier, drier to apply. So it's a month period. You're like, but it just got good. <laughs> but if you have delicate eyes, that's industry standard. It just got good because of all that mascara that you're, I mean, all that mascara, sorry. All that bacteria you're pumping back into your mascara when you pump. And by the way, do not pump your mascara. You are simply putting air and bacteria into that. So actually, if you want your mascara to last a little bit longer, you know, not that you should, but it will not dry out as quickly. Stop pumping your mascara. I don't know where that started. Actually, you just saw it on film for effect, perhaps. But here's another fun little fact. Cake mascara used to be applied with spit, thinking, speaking of bacteria. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't, don't use spit and don't pump your mascara wand. Mm -hmm. In 2019, what was the number one mascara sold in the United States with sales over 77 million? I'm going to have to say that it's my favorite. The one that I go back to over and over and over again. It's our is it favorite. It is. Oh, Which is one? It, is it L'Oreal Voluminous? Ding, 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 ding. We yes. have a winner. Really? 
It was, <laughs> I was worried that it was going to be great lash because I no. personally, I can't do great lash. I we have to do are. voluminous. Correct. And L'Oreal Voluminous, as you know, is not just our favorite personally as a mass brand, but it's also the industry standard. It's what we use in television makeup constantly. Nine out of 10 makeup artists have it in their kit. It's an old workhorse. It's a great standby L'Oreal Voluminous. We love you. Now, Susan, do you use the original formula or the waterproof? I live and die by the waterproof. I don't use waterproof. I use the original. The reason I don't use waterproof, um, I just find it dries out my lashes. So for me, it doesn't work. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, see, and I'm the opposite. The other one I don't love as much, waterproof. She's my jam. Yeah, it's really interesting. Mascara is so personal. And that's what we're going to talk about today on this episode of You'll Poke Your Eye Out. Thinking that it's so personal, Hillary, what do you think makes people so loyal to the mascara? This is a question that, you know, I know you've asked in product development. Um, as I was doing education for different brands throughout the years, we would always ask in our marketing meetings, you know, what is it that makes people so loyal to their mascara. What do you think? I think it's two things. Number one, there's nostalgia. It's one of the it's one of the only categories where I find women use the same product from their first kiss all the way through their life. Like their mother's mascara, their first mascara, it's often what they use for the rest of their life. So I would say nostalgia and then results. Results if it works they're going to keep on using it. So you can convert, you know, a nostalgic mascara user with something that just blows them out of the water, especially as our lashes change as we get older. Oh, completely. Our lashes really take a beating as we get older. And I think um, especially as we mature, these lashes become thinner. Your lashes become more fragile, just like the hair on your head and on your body. It becomes finer, thinner, more sparse. You maybe have found as you get older, you're losing some of your lashes or there's little holes where there used to be a lot of lashes. I know mine are definitely thinner. They're more fragile and um, they're just not as lush as they used to be for sure. So how do we choose a mascara based on that fact? So I think that's a question a lot of us have, Hillary, as we get older, you know, where have my lashes gone? They become thinner. Maybe there's holes where there used to be a lash. And we sort of think to ourselves, what do we do now? Can we use the same mascara that we used all through our 20s? How do we even begin to choose a mature mascara? Is there such a thing as a mature mascara? That's that's the conundrum. Women come to me with all the time. The answer is going to be individual for everyone. And there does it does require a little trial and error. And again, because mascara is so personal, like I, I don't feel totally confident and comfortable saying, try this one thing, it's going to solve everybody's problems. Because like menopause, like anything else, you have to try it to see what works for you. I know for me, because both my brows and my lashes have just kind of started to disappear. And I mm -hmm. have an almond-shaped eye. And I'm not ready to lose what I used to have from having a nice thick lash at the end. So I toggle between Latisse and castor oil. So one night, I'll do Latisse only at the outer corner of my lashes because mm -hmm. it makes them longer, but I don't need long lashes on the inner or even in the middle. I don't want a baby doll, baby doll look. So I just put Latisse on the outer corner of my lashes on the top and all the way through my brows. 
And then castor oil, I work into everything the other nights. Right. So that, that I, works for me, but yeah, it changes. Yeah. I've used Latisse and it didn't really work for me with my lashes. Um, it just made them even longer. Length isn't really the issue for me personally. It's more the density, the volume, the thickness. So much like, you know, your hair thins out. I found that I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh my God, where are my lashes? Where are my brows? Everything's like, dis- it's like the disappearing act. It's like Tinkerbell came in in the middle of the night and stole my lashes. Um, so it isn't the length. It's more like the volume. So that being said, Hill, I think when you're choosing a a mature mascara, I often recommend that you go with something that is a little bit lighter weight, maybe more of a gel consistency, less of that heavy, thick, unctuous mascara that we used to use. I think there's a few brands that are like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's one thing that I've noticed as well. And, And kudos again to our favorite voluminous because it gives you that thick, luscious, rich lash, but it doesn't weigh it down. And I have started to notice that I feel like some mascaras can be heavy and they drag my lashes down, especially now that there's this wild, like mega mascara trend, which I love a big flirty, like come hither lash, but the heavy is not so good. Right. I think when we're younger, that look is terrific. I, I love nothing more than seeing a young girl who has that like false eyelash effect and the heavy, thick tons of lashes. I think it's really a fun look. But as you get older, your lashes literally can't hold that up anymore. And it mm-hmm. ends up looking really flaky and cakey and Tammy Faye-ish in not a really good way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can talk product and we will talk product in a minute. But what about the over 40 mascaras as far as color trends? I know that's making a comeback in the 80s. I wore electric blue. I wore turquoise. I wore even like this weird like neon green, you know? Um, can we wear colors? You had a color the other day that you were using that was really beautiful. What was that? Okay, believe it or not, it was the Voluminous in this deep forest green. I love this mascara. My eyes are green. They can go blue. They can go green. Voluminous makes, they brought back this green and it has a metallic light reflection in it. Oh so, my God. so a lot of greens, yeah, a lot of greens can go matte and flat and they don't look mm-hmm. luscious on your lashes. This green is incredible because it reflects light. It's dark enough that I don't have to layer it on top of black. I can. But like last night, I was wearing an olive sequined gown and I just wore green mascara and it worked beautifully. Now, I used to in the 80s use that beautiful aubergine Chanel. I can't touch that anymore. Mm -hmm. It was so good. I can't touch it anymore because it brings out the you know, redness around my eyes that I'm always trying to conceal. So it makes me look sick, the aubergines, but the greens, I can still totally do. And I love, I love that. I'm going to get gray, gray. Yeah. Gray is also a good option. If, if brown makes you feel sad and black is too harsh, there are some gray mascaras you can go with too. Yeah. Especially if you're silver. Yeah. And I was going to say, you know, in the world of colored mascaras, I think you know, everyone always thinks mascara, they think black. And obviously a black lash, the darker the eye, the darker the skin tone, the darker the hair, obviously a black lash looks incredible. But sometimes on a, you know, lighter skin or fairer skin, as you mature, the black can look a little harsh. So this is where the deep, rich browns come in. Those are beautiful. Um, Even with gray hair, those rich sort of chestnutty browns are gorgeous as far as color selection goes. What about 
about false lashes. You know, false lashes, when I worked in the television industry, they are standard. There is not a person you see on any news show on television in America that is not using false lashes. But we didn't use lash strips. They tend to look very artificial on camera. So we always used individuals. And individuals for me, if I'm doing something, if I have a party to go to or an event or even like an extra couple of minutes in my day, maybe I feel like tossing on a few individuals. And that's, I think, something that a lot of women can do with individuals. You can just place it where you need it. Say you've lost some lashes. There's a hole there. You can like plug it in with a little individual lash. Ardell makes the best drugstore brand false lashes and they make great individuals in different lengths and different sizes. Ardell is incredible. And they do they do the best individuals. I am still a strip lash gal because again, I'm still I'm trying to lift the outer corner of my eye and for my eye shape, mm-hmm. I'll just take a half lash, do it at the outer corner a little bit above my natural lash line. When I curl, I pinch them together and brush mm-hmm. mascara through them both. So right. you can, you can cut them, you can trim them. There are so many different faux minks, faux hairs. The options are endless. Mm-hmm. And you do really have to find the band flexibility that works yeah. for you. And they're affordable enough that you can try a lot of them. Exactly. And, you know, false eyelashes really are something that is kind of making a comeback too. We're seeing, you know, Jenna Lyons just launched her Love Scene lashes. Um, that's in the luxury arena. Those are really beautiful. Um, and I think she's trying to make them, you know, for everyone, um, which I think is great. I applaud her for getting into that industry. Um, but as far as false lashes go, I think this, this, you know, the one we've all, all used forever is Ardell. And I do love those individuals. As far as the glue goes, you know, this is something, again, some people are really sensitive to latex. If you're not sensitive to latex, I've always used the Duo because Duo makes colors, which is great for darker skin tones. They make a um, a glue that actually is a darker shade. It's tinted, which is great. So you don't have that horrible white glue on the lash. Oh, I know. It used to drive me crazy because I would put a beautiful lash on it, get the placement right, especially individuals, and then you'd have the white dots. Even if you prepped with liner, you'd have to go push back in with black shadow. The 90s were hell because of white <laughs> duo lash glue. <laughs> but, but they came out with the colored one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's that, that beautiful, rich, gray, dark tone. It's great. And now also, here's another thing. I have been struggling with some of the latex-free lash glues. I don't, I can't get them to adhere as well, but I did find one and it's by Kiss, K-I-S-S. Super affordable in mass. It's, it's not white. When you look at it, it's almost opalescent clear. So it truly dries clear. I think they just introduced a dark one, but that, that like opalescent one dries clear, dries fast and it holds. And they also have a liner and um, lash glue pe- pen, which initially I thought was gimmicky. And I was like, oh, please. But you know what? That glue holds like nobody's business. And it tells you exactly where to put your lash if you're trying to cheat and give yourself a flirt at the corner. Hmm. So what are some of our favorite mascaras now? And how has that sort of changed over the years? I know for myself, and I think you agree, we've already covered it a million times in this episode. We both love L'Oreal Voluminous. It's just such a great mass brand. It's affordable. You can, you know, replace it every three to four months and not feel guilty about it. So let's talk about some of the class brands that we like. Um, 
and what we're currently using and the difference between class brands and the mass brands. You know, there there isn't a huge difference, um, but there are some differences. I'll be honest, as far as conditioning, as far as feeling luxurious on the lash. For me, Chanel Le Volume, hands down, my favorite. I love it. It's gorgeous. It's rich. And it wears really well for me. I wish I could be as loyal as you, Susan. I'm so bad. I'm such a tramp when it comes to to mascara. It's like with my mask, with my voluminous, I'm loyal. I do not cheat on her. But in class, I am very persnickety and I am a total hussy. I think I feel like if if I'm going to pay that for it, then I need to really get every bell rung. If you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. got to be absolutely perfect. I always do go back to Chanel or the Paracone no makeup makeup. I like the peptides and the growth factors in the pep in the Paracone. And one thing I want to make sure our listeners know, we are not being sponsored by L'Oreal. Voluminous has no idea we're recording this. I just thought we should mention it because it sounds like we're, it sounds like we might be like plugging away. We're not. (laughs) We're just fangirling. Yeah. Let me be abundantly clear. We are sponsored by nobody because none of these brands probably even know that we're doing anything like this. So no, this is all of us talking about products that we personally use and love, not just on ourselves, but on clients over the years. There's also a brand that we just, we have to touch upon in the class arena. And that is what we always call the cult of Lancome. And I'm sure our listeners are laughing now because I can guarantee you there is not a woman alive out there that has, does not at least have one Lanco mascara in her drawer somewhere, at least now or over the years. For me, I always really liked Definicils. I think it's a great mascara. I know people like Lancome has like a whole wardrobe. There's like, what, like 150 mascaras in the brand lineup. Like it's, it's crazy. It's such a cult. It's, it's true. I mean, I was back in the day, I was a dual finish girl. So I would get the little mini or I would get, you know, the gift with purchase. So I would try my Lancome. I don't know what my problem is. I never, I never got on the Lancome mascara train, but I think it could have to do with the fact that I'm just that girl. I chase the shiny balls. So yeah. Yeah. You're just like a big old mascara tramp is really what you are. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think when we look at cult brands or we take a look at what brands are trending, and I know you pay attention to trends, I pay attention to them, I don't follow them, but I definitely pay attention to them. That comes from working in the industry for over 30 years. You just, you just by nature pay attention to these things, or at least to get a laugh out of some of this stuff, you know, but I've noticed the number one selling brand on Amazon, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, is Essence Lash Princess False Lash Effect. That is like the worst name ever. That is like the longest name in, in the history of the cosmetic industry. But this Essence Lash Princess False Lash Effect Mascara, I think it's like $4.99 a tube or something. I guess it's just taken the internet by storm. It's just, it's crazy. People love this mascara. I guess we need to get it. Hey, listeners, have any of you used this? Let us know in comments. We're both going to get it. And we'll do a little, we'll do like a little Instagram or TikTok recap on what we think. We should also get Thrive Mascara. I think everybody loves that one too. Have you used it? I have. I I have used it and I absolutely love it. I love Thrive. I also Mm -hmm. really like Tower 28. If you have delicate lashes, Tower 28 
good. I've so, given up on the tubing mascara. I never got into that. Oh, no. Oh, you definitely do not want to use a tubing mascara over a certain age because getting those tubes off the lash is really going to take out some lashes with you. Um, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I, yeah, no, no on the tubing lash, at least for me. I just think that they, um, no good comes of it. I don't want to know what's in those tubes and what's coming out in those tubes. Um, but yeah, I think to your point, listeners, if there's a mascara you want us to try and see, I know a lot of people love the Too Faced better than sex. I know that's a really popular mascara for me. I find it a little too thick and heavy on my lash and kind of gives me that Tammy Faye effect that I really don't want. I, that, with that one, without fail, I've tried to love it so many times. I poke my eye out. That is <laughs> why we named this episode. You'll poke your eye out. That one, I always blink and really jab myself. I think it's because it has like, it has topography. The brush moves and changes. Yes. I mean, love the boys, love their idea for it. And when you go into product development, they have actual books of the oh, mascara yeah. trees, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. So when you go to develop, you develop the formula and you choose the wand and getting the two to go together is, so that's a- it's an adventure. Yeah. You bring up a great point, Hillary. We both know this. Sometimes in a mascara, it's not just the product in the tube. It's the brush, you know, and it's a combination of the two that give you the lash that you want. So as we get older, I find that having a brush that's maybe a little smaller than bigger is a better way to go. Oh, yes. Okay. So I have to tell you guys about this. So Surat, Surat is doing a brushless mascara. It's called the Lash Tint. It's very expensive. So this is really only for the people that have a mascara wardrobe. You love to indulge in mascaras. This one is based on the very first um, wand mascara. It was introduced by Helena Rubinstein in 1957. This is a brushless wand. So it looks like a little metal spot, a little metal pole with a screwdriver, like a screw at the end of it. I I'm loving this because my under my waterline underneath my lashes has become more prominent as I've gotten older. And this almost gives me an under lash line and I can be really precise with my lashes and you can get in there and get the babies. It looks kind of wild, but it's really very interesting. Mm -hmm. And speaking of Mm -hmm. new things, the whole clean category is booming and we're going to do a whole other episode on what is clean beauty? and What does that even mean? Um, but I know a lot of people are looking for products as, especially as they get older that have less ingredients, less product, less ingredients. I know Gucci Westman has recently come out with a mascara that people are really loving. That is part of the sort of that clean beauty category. I know you mentioned tower 28 as well. So that's something else we can talk about in future episodes. Um, and especially as we get into clean beauty and really what does that even mean you know i can i have so much to say about clean beauty particularly <laughs> having spent over a decade in product development the way it's regulated the way it's formulated and, and just the way that you know the the whole, whole beauty industry i feel like we have been a little bamboozled we've been you know overserved and underserviced when it comes green to wash. green and quite frankly yes greenwash now we talk about silver washing yep. and you know, we just we just won't stand for it. So you can hear my feathers getting a little ruffled here yeah. because it's it, we're going to we're going to go there. 
<laughs> we are, we are, we are. And in fact, oh my tangent. Week, all right, exactly. I know we could go on like forever. So come back next week because we have episode five for everybody. Backstage pass to mass and class. You heard us talk a lot in this episode and previous episodes using the terms mass and class. So what does that mean? It's beauty in both places. What are the differences? How and when to spend your money and which products are our favorite in both categories, especially as we move into the holiday season and gift giving. People want to know, what can I get the biggest bang for my buck? What is the difference between mass and class? So we're going to talk about that. I can't wait. This is like the makeup version of you know, wearing your little Zara t-shirt with your designer jeans or with your Chanel little skirt underneath your Chanel blazer, a cheapy t-shirt that looks great. You know, it's, we're going to go low, we're going to go high, and we're going to help you get the bang for your buck in every single category. So tune back in. Meanwhile, find Life Gloss on Instagram and TikTok at lifeglosspodcast.com. And on our website, lifegloss.com, you just might catch us live on TikTok. You never know. All right, everybody. Susan, stay glossy. Hillary, stay glossy.